first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and today we'll be talking about Crater, The Little Mermaid, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, and Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. First, let's talk with Sydney about Crater. How are you, Sydney? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. So this film has so many notable people in it, from McKenna Grace um, to Kid Cutie, all of these people. Um, was there any favorite character that you had from the film? Um, I would say my favorite character is Addison as a um, a former female, but she, um, she is different from the rest of the group as she's been on Earth and they haven't. And I really like how the actor McKenna Grace kind of portrayed that difference and didn't seem like it was bad, rather, but that that's what made her unique and cool. And that's how they became friends in the first place. For people who haven't seen the trailer and haven't seen the movie, can you give like a synopsis of it? Um, sure. So Crater follows a group of friends that live on the moon. And one of them is named Caleb. He is destined to be sent to Earth. And he and his friends try to spend as much time with him as they can before he leaves. And as I mentioned earlier, Addison, she is just arriving from Earth. So she's trying to get used to the moon and stuff. And she helps the friend group experience the best days of their lives before Kayla was sent away. Oh, wow. So how did the film practically balance the themes of, you know, friendship um, within the context of the story that you just described? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Their interactions show a strong friendship and it shows how much they care for each other. That's definitely a message I took away. But I also think the film is not only about friendship, but also self-guidance, like to train yourself to live in the moment and never have your past dictate your future. So it's oh, wow. it's about friendship, but I also think it's about like a self-isolated path. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Um, and if you were in Caleb's shoes, how would you... Um, how would the story change? How would the film change if you were in Caleb's shoes? So if I was in Caleb's shoes, I I would definitely try to stop myself from going back to Earth. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. never experienced what it's like on the moon. And I feel he originally wants to go to the crater and I I would not do that. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole movie kind of plummets from there if I was Caleb. But I would just want to spend as much time as I could with my friends like he does. Were there any particular aspects of the film's like direction or writing or like production design um, that you found like noteworthy? Yes, um, the whole set team, all the directors, they work so well together to illustrate the plot and make it entertaining for the audience. But also the background editors... Definitely the set designers they and the CGI editors because they make it look like they're actually on the moon. Yeah, of course. And then also, how does the film explore, like, 
does it explore obviously we see this the futuristic genre but does it explore like um humor and like again I'm going back to that balance thing because I think for films it's so important like does it have that 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 those comedy punches does it have a comedy relief is there enough action and 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 sadness and grief like is there like a good mix of all of that yes yes there is and I completely completely agree with what you said about balance this film does have a lot of balance and it's a consists of a friend group that they're teenagers so there's definitely a lot of comedy I can tell you that just saying food flies everywhere that's all I'm gonna say (laughs) um and so like you mentioned the the movie and the film um revolves around like Caleb and his three best friends like did their friendship feel like authentic and did their like interactions contribute you know to the overall like narrative of the story Oh, yes. Um, their friendship is really great. And they all work together to save each other, which is a great lesson for y- the younger audience. And they even risk themselves at some point. Oh, and yeah. I think the actors portray the bond wonderfully. Okay, so without obviously, again, giving away any spoilers, <laughs> how satisfying was like the resolution of the plot that you were talking about? You know, did it did it live up to the buildup and the expectations, you know? you know, established throughout the movie? I'm going to say I was so sad at the end of the film, how it turned out. I was, I was sad. I thought it would end a different way. (laughs) Oh my God. You see, Sydney, you're making me want to watch it now. (laughs) You should. So wrapping up our our interview about this movie, Crater, um, can you tell me um, your, your rating for this film and why? Yes, I give Crater 4.5 out of 5 stars because like we said, it has a lot of balance. It has a lot of character interactions and a great plot. And I I just really enjoyed it. Like, I would definitely watch this again. Awesome. And who do you recommend this to? I recommend this for ages 8 to 18 plus adults. Um, the younger audience mostly, like I said, because they can relate to it more. But I think adults will enjoy it too. And where and when can we see this film? So Crater is on Disney Plus and it released on May 12th. So go watch it now. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sydney. Thank you so much. Now we're talking with Hanadi about The Little Mermaid. How are you, Hanadi? I'm doing great. How are you? I am awesome and fantastic. Now I am super obsessed with this new live action film. The Little Mermaid, and I think everyone really knows about what The Little Mermaid is about, but can you give us a little bit of a of background about The Little Mermaid? Yeah, so The Little Mermaid is obviously about a mermaid, and um, her dad, well, she lives in the ocean, and her dad forbids her to, you know, look up at the world above her and really get to see what humans are like and what Earth's like. But um, she obviously breaks that rule and she meets a human along the way in which she sort of falls in love with. And she's like, oh, my God, I have to get up there. (laughs) And so that's basically just a little background for people who haven't seen The Little Mermaid. I don't want to give too, too much away. But yeah. Awesome. And um for people who don't know and you can also touch on this as well is that like you said and mentioned that the original film is an animated version and this newer film is a live action version so how did 
like the film adaptation of The Little Mermaid compared to the original animated version in terms of like capturing that same magical experience, you know? Yeah, they did such a good job with that. I did think they kept like the energy of the original film. I think they definitely kept it lighthearted as some live mm -hmm. action films can be a little bit on the darker side. But mm -hmm. I feel like they did keep it like really light. They kept it really natural. For people who have seen the original, you can really feel the original um, Ariel in um, the live action version. And I just think that they did a really good job of keeping everything modern, but also keeping some of the old energy that we all know and love. Were there any aspects to the character that were were shifted by, by who um, these new actors were portraying these characters as? Ooh, I did think that they, all the actors did a really good job of giving each and every character their own spark, but they mm. also really stayed true to the old characters. Um, for example, Ariel, she really kept like the teenage curious energy, but also she added her own spark. She added her own modern spark. She added her own voice. I think they all did such a good job of keeping the characters fresh and new and brand new but also making sure that we still see our old characters and we still have the same personalities. So overall, they did such a good job with keeping us fresh and modern, but they also gave us our old energy that we, like I said, all know and love. Um, how do you feel like the casting was for this? Because I felt like, in terms of Chris Eric, I'm a little iffy on him because I wanted Chris, like Chris Evans to play or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's besides the point. But Ariel... I love how they casted Ariel. So um, in terms of how do you feel about the casting of this of this particular movie? I absolutely love the casting. I felt that they did a perfect job, especially for Ariel, because I felt like with Ariel, they casting a black girl was mm -hmm. I feel like that was the perfect move, especially for our younger audience, specifically black, black girls. We yeah. don't necessarily get to see themselves as often on screen. So I Definitely loved how they went for casting with Ariel and Sebastian and King Triton. And I definitely loved all the casting overall. I definitely felt that it was perfect down to like all of the Mermaid sisters. I felt like it was just all perfect. Awesome. And then also, as this is a live action film, you know, obviously the film special effects play a crucial role in bringing the underwater world and magical elements to life. How did the visual effects enhance the storytelling? And, you know, like, were there any standout moments um, um, in this regard? Oh, definitely. It The CGI really made you feel like you were in the ocean. Like, OMG, I was so shocked <laughs> because I didn't know that it could get that good. It, like, it's it went down to like little details on all the other fishes and like oh my god I don't want to give too much away but mm -hmm. the CGI was amazing amazing like <laughs> you really felt like you were in the ocean with them and you felt like you were swimming around and following them like it definitely mm -hmm. did not feel like watching a movie it felt like you were like immersed in it so so I'm assuming by your reaction that you know the CGI effects were were great as well like it was uh realistic enough yes it definitely was I think the CGI in this film was amazing. I really, really felt like I was in the ocean, like even down to like the little details in the water and the details on all the fish around her. And like, I don't, it was just amazing. So how were the musical performances in this live action adaptation? 
the musical performances were great. I the the choreography was great. The songs were great. It overall really, really felt like I can't explain it, but it really felt like an amazing feeling being able to watch it because, like, you heard the music and it just really made you want to dance. Um, yeah. One of my favorite performances was when Sebastian started singing Under the Sea and Haley was singing too. And I don't want to give too much away, but like there was fishes all around them. Like the performances were absolutely seamless. It was perfect. Were there any, will we hear any new music or uh, um, different lyrics? Um, what can we expect from the music? Yeah, I think there's definitely a couple of new things that we haven't seen. Like, they definitely gave us, without giving too much away, they gave us a little modern rap. Um, oh, they cool. gave, Yeah, they gave us, like, um, Ursula, she had a little performance, which I know that that was included in the original, but it did have, like, a fresh modern aspect to it. We definitely do get some fresh stuff, but they do keep it to the original. I can't explain it, but we get, like, a fresh original, like, clash. And in, in wrapping up this interview, like, who do you recommend this this film to? What what age range? I recommend it from as low as three and up. I feel like anyone three and up would definitely enjoy this. I feel like it's such a good family movie that, like, you can watch with the entire family and it won't be a problem. Nobody will be bored. Nobody will be tired of it. It's so perfect for a family. Well, what did you rate this film? I rate this film a five out of five. Oh, that's high. It's a perfect score. That's awesome. And then when and where can we watch this film? So the film releases in theaters May 26th. Oh, that's soon. That's next I week, know. right? <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. I even want to go watch it in theaters again. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anadi. Thank you for talking with me. Well, thank you so much. Let's take a break. When we come back, Hanadi will be talking with me about a show I just watched called Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com. 
Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde, from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Hanadi about The Little Mermaid, and next, she'll be interviewing me about the film that I reviewed, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai. Well, thank you for coming. I'm so excited to talk with you. Okay, so my first question is, what makes Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai a fun and exciting animated series for kids? Not only is it just for kids, it's for adults as well. I've heard throughout the time of of before I was reviewing this and during the time I was reviewing this and even after that my my parents, my family members, just adults around me had watched the um, previous Gremlins movies that came out a few years prior to this animated series. And so not only are us as kids, we're watching this animated series that's super fun. It introduces a cute, lovable, like alien type creature. And there's so much plot and, and action and comedy, but adults will really get into it as well because it's like, this is something that they've watched throughout their childhood too. So I think kids would also love um, sitting down and interacting with their own um, family members and adults watching this beside them being just as excited. Okay, well, my next question is the Mogwai characters are adorable and lovable. <laughs> what do you think of the design of these characters? Oh, I love them. And and here's the thing, you know, I heard from um, everyone and I um, went back and I watched the original movies myself. And all I heard from all the adults who grew up watching um, the original Gremlins movies was that they are terrifying, that they are so scary. <laughs> And yes, so when I watched the series, I was just like, oh my gosh, I am so glad that they made them into an animated series because I don't know who was directing those films back then to be targeted to kids to have those things looking so scary. (laughs) But I think they did a really great job bringing it into this generation and newer generations to bring um, a more lovable and, like you said, like the, a cuter character. Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai is a sequel to the original Gremlins movies. Do you think it relates to the other Gremlins films meaningfully? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it follows a um, a young Sam Wing. And, and Sam Wing is a shop owner in the original movies who, um, obviously in the original movies, he's very old he's a lot older and so you know fans obviously who've seen the um you know original movies can watch this particular series and really get to know sam wing 
from when he was a kid and see um, how he's changed um, um, different um, scenes in the film um, from previous films and they can go back and look oh you know this is why he's like this this is why he acts like this this is why he interacts like this it shows us his backstory and I think that's really important so I think it definitely it, it does a full 180 because we're we're, we're going back to Shanghai. The show has a mix of comedy, adventure, and scary moments. How do you feel about the balance between these different elements? I would say that there is a great balance. And the reason why I say that is I'm going back to the scariness of the original movies um, <laughs> is to say that because it's an animated series, there's a perfect balance of those two aspects um, because we get the fun aspect we get the also that a lot of action as well in the animated mm -hmm. series i mean um i don't want to spoil anything but also in the trailer you can see as well like um you know there's a rampage of the mogwais and the gremlins you know what i mean and so when we see all of these characters come together there's the action but also um you have the you know the the cute character and then you have the the quote-unquote scary characters are not as scary because, again, they're animated. So I think there's a perfect, perfect balance because it's animated. Was there anything that you did not like about it? This is an aspect that I wouldn't say I uh, disliked. It's just something I guess I'm not as used to. Um, was the type of animation. Now, um, you can only see this um, when, you know, you actually see the type of animation, but it looks... Um, uh, like kind of like a uh, paper stop motion and again I wouldn't say I dislike it it's just something that I'm not as in tuned with that's one thing I definitely would say is an aspect that eh, I was a little bit iffy on cool so it has like a bit of a different animation style which I'm very interested to see so it's not like you necessarily didn't like it it's just something that you're not used to or it's just a little iffy for you yes. so um, as we're wrapping up this interview, I have to ask, where can we watch Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai? So Secrets of the Mogwai comes out on Max, uh, May 23rd, which is today. What rating would you give the series based on the kiss first, the scale of the five high? I would give it a four out of five stars. I think it was, Ooh. I think it was, it was up there. I think it was just, it didn't make the five because of that animation piece I just told you about. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking with me. That wraps up our interview. Thank you so much for having me. Now let's listen to an interview I did with the cast of Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. Well, um, first off, congratulations on this uh, show. So Isaac, I definitely want to start with you. So as the show really explores that backstory of Mr. Wing, what can you tell us about this, his character arc and how he transforms throughout the series? I mean, if you've watched the first episode, uh, I mean, which I think most people have, uh, you could definitely see that he's definitely shy. He's very sheltered from his parents. And so he doesn't know much about the outside world, especially like with his grandpa kind of just like, you know, trying to force him out. Right. And then uh, as the story continues, you could definitely see how he kind of just like, he does make some immature decisions, but uh, always like, as my dad loves to say, mistakes always help you learn or something similar along those lines. So, yeah, so he, he really does grow up right in such a short amount of time in only like 10 episodes. He really did kind of just like mature over all that time. So, And AJ, so Gizmo, 
has been an iconic character in the Gremlins franchise. Um, how do you approach voicing Gizmo to capture his lovable personality, which also brings uh, something something fresh to the character? Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's funny, too, because I've done this now, I feel like, a few times with other characters like Marty McFly and Han Solo and, and some other guys where it's just like, all right, well, here's a sound that it starts off with replicating the sound. You know, you hear something like with Gizmo, I grew up doing his voice and then trying to figure out the whole, you know, the whole library of like where, you know, sometimes he's angry, sometimes he's sad and and, and just getting comfortable doing that. And, and uh, thankfully, our directors were guided me through that whole process. But um, yeah, it's a lot of time in my car just being like, <laughs> you know, just trying to find the right noises and, and uh, live in that space for hours and hours and hours. And then if I get confused or lost, hopefully the directors will guide me. That's very interesting. I would be very concerned if I did see you practicing in a car. Yeah, uh a lot of people are. <laughs> <laughs> And Gabrielle, your character L is a new addition to this Gremlins universe. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, your character fits into the overall story? Yeah, so I would say L kind of starts off as being a bad guy. Um, but <laughs> bad guy for a reason. You know, she had a really, really hard life. Nothing's been handed to her. Everything that she has has either been earned or stolen. Um, and she fits into this franchise. She is a friend of Sam, an eventual friend of Sam and Gizmo, um, but it doesn't exactly start off that way. And I think it's really cool to see her character arc through this specific season. Um, you see her kind of open up and start to let the world in because of Sam and, and Gizmo. But she's a tough one. She's a tough one. And she's been a really fun character because we're polar opposites. You know, I love people. Elle hates people. I'm a talker. She's not. Uh, I don't fight physically. She definitely does. So I think kids are really going to enjoy her presence, hopefully. <laughs> and that's awesome. And, and to your point, which is super interesting, and Gabrielle, you can also answer this as well, um, and then everyone can follow up. Um, what did you learn about playing your character? I learned a lot. Um, I would say specifically with Elle, it kind of emphasized the point that you don't know what someone's going through. Um, and People don't just act out for no reason. Um, there's always a reason behind everything. Um, good decisions, bad decisions, everything in between. And I also learned that life has its ups and downs, but it's a roller coaster. You got to just, just keep riding. I love that. And um, Isaac? Yeah, I mean, I think I had a, it's kind of the opposite where like, uh, I kind of grew up not <laughs> sheltered where my dad would kind of just throw me into stuff uh you know like hey what would happen if i jump off this well find out uh so yeah so uh, i kind of had to learn how to be sheltered right and be more immature i'm not saying that i am mature but like i had to learn how to be more immature than how i already am and so it was it was definitely fun i mean i had to learn how to i had to learn how to uh uh be scared of something that i think i wouldn't normally be scared of or like you know or just try to like uh try to grow up basically i love that um and, and aj what did i learn uh i learned uh there is no mogwai language <laughs> something i learned is i had to make up the entirety of the mogwai language basically uh i mean i learned a lot about gizmo and stuff but that's the primary thing is that i'd get a script and everything would be in english and then i'd have to be like okay i gotta 
figure out sounds that sound appropriate. So that was my, my big lesson from this, from this project is like, oh, I've invented a language. What's interesting is you see a lot of films uh, where they have creatures or um, a different species where they have linguists on set to help create a language. But for you, I presume it's different. Can you uh, take us along a journey of, of how you discovered those those you know, nuances in your voice. I mean, I mean, basically it would say the intention, like Sam would say something, Gizmo respond, like, I don't want to do that. So then I would kind of take like the syllables of, I don't want to do that and be like, <laughs> you know, that could be, it sort of sounds like it. If you know what the actual line is, you could probably interpret it and be like, oh, he said, I don't want to do that. Kind of like R2D2 would be like, what do you mean you don't? You know, like there's certain inflections where you're like, oh, I think I could decipher that. So it was just yeah. kind of taking, and if I sounded too much like I was doing it in English, uh, Brendan Hay or Christy Reed, our directors, would be like, uh, it sounds like you straight up just said, you know, English words, and they would make <laughs> me be like, why don't you do this? So, but it was basically just taking the language and like sanding it down to be almost uh, unrecognizable. Gabrielle, I want to start with you on this one. Um, seeing seeing yourself doing live action as an actor or actress is different from animation. Upon seeing your character come alive as an animation for the first time, what was your reaction? Well, I think probably the most fun thing about animation is that sometimes you don't know what the character is going to look like, especially if you get the audition and they don't have a predetermined sketch of what they want the character to look like. I think it's really exciting to kind of see everything finished. Um, so when I saw Elle for the first time, I thought it was really amazing. Um, it's definitely not what I thought. Um, so I thought it was a really fun aspect to see what the animators felt that the character looked like, um, see my voice come out of a character that is animated. I, th I think it's a really interesting addition to add to an actor's catalog is to see a an animated character that someone else creates that you also have a creative hand in as far as the voice and the personality and um, the acting portion. I think there's some sort of wonderful coexistence between the animation and the acting portion. Awesome. And to kind of finish everything off, I love to do this in my interviews. Um, one word answer. Okay. If your character was a dessert, what dessert would they be? AJ, you can start us off. Uh, oh, goodness cinnamon bun oh is that one word that's two words uh <laughs> cinnamon dash bun cinnamon dash yeah, yeah. bun yeah. That word. <laughs> isaac a plain wheat cookie yeah that's three words <laughs> no 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 plain dash wheat dash cookie oh okay cool you say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, last every hill <laughs> i would say black licorice <laughs> oh, no, black dash licorice there we go <laughs> <laughs> we're terrible at this game <laughs> well Sorry. thank you guys so much uh this has been such an amazing experience and again congratulations on this series i wish you all the best thank you thank you so much thank you. you too let's go to break when we come back we'll hear from hanadi one last time about the series star wars young jedi adventures stay tuned Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Hanadi about several movies, (laughs) and next we're going to be talking with her again about the film about the series excuse me star wars young jedi adventures how are you again hanadi (laughs) i'm doing great how are you again (laughs) i am fantastic as ever (laughs) so this is an exciting new series star wars star wars young jedi adventures um a lot of star wars fans have anticipated this show and not only young fans but also adult fans as well so can you tell us a little bit about what this show um is about yeah so the show is an animated it's an animated series available on disney plus and it caters to preschool age children and it's set in a high republic a high republic era and the show takes place around 200 years before the events of the skywalker sega it revolves around the adventures of the young Jedi trainees. And it's such a high energy, um, really engaging to preschool kids film. Oh, that's awesome. And 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 also, um, you said how many years was it um before all of the events? It was two hundred years. 
Yes. So that's one thing um, I think a lot of people um, I've been hearing, you know, on, on a lot of forums on the Internet and, and on social media and everywhere that people are just excited because despite it this being um, like you mentioned, um, targeted mostly to preschoolers and the younger audience that a lot of people um, and adult fans are excited that this is taking place, you know, you know, hundreds of years before the main events that we all know and love are happening. So can you take us, um, um, uh, you know, um, a little bit into um, the series, into how um, um, the events of this particular show can can weave into the entire Star Wars series? I know that's a lot because there's a lot that's happened in Star Wars, but can you tell us a little bit about how how that 200 how those 200 years is significant to the star wars universe yeah so it follows the young jedi trainees named kai lies nubs and their pilot nash and they undergo jedi training on the planet new along the way they travel to different planets and they use their jedi skills to help people in need um so it definitely shows us before these events and the series places a strong emphasis on sorry i said that really weirdly it places a strong emphasis on imparting valuable lessons to its young audience also i wanted to touch on how this and you interviewed um the um jamal avery who is the main character of this series um can you touch on how you like your experience talking with him yeah so he definitely told me about his character he told me about in different ways, how he related to his character, how he was sort of different from his character. He really gave us an insight to what the show is about. I also interviewed all the other actors, but he specifically gave me some insight on the show and really the aura around it. And I really, really liked talking to him because it gave me some more insight to the show that I honestly didn't know before so I definitely really like talking to him and that's awesome and then also I want to touch on something that's really great that um you know we we really haven't seen as much uh, we've seen it a little bit more recently in the newer Star Wars films but the diversity and the main character um as you said Jamal Avery is 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 voiced by an African-American boy which I think is so cool so um can you tell us a little bit about maybe the diversity in this film are there a lot of women are there a lot of different cultures and characters yeah so the diversity in this film is great especially the main character being voiced by a black boy um I definitely think that they're doing so good Disney is doing really really good with diversity and they definitely made sure that there is some diversity in this film so a younger audience could see like oh hey like oh like I can't explain it but there's like the younger audience could really see a lot of diversity on the screen and know that it like oh she looked like me up there oh she looks yeah. like me or this is really cool like I definitely think that they did a great job with that. It's so interesting um, when we get um, something so complex um, as the Star Wars universe um, into something that's digestible for preschoolers. So can you tell us how 
um, um, if if Disney did well with uh, making you know the Star Wars universe easier to understand for the younger audiences. Yeah, so they really kept it angled towards them. They kept their voices high. They kept it engaging. They really, really like put an emphasis on making sure that like these life lessons were being taught to them. I think they mainly focused on the life lessons and they focused on the engagement. They really just put an emphasis an emphasis on preschool and life lessons and really just focusing on keeping these preschoolers engaged, which I think they did an awesome job with that. Ah, okay. And one thing too, I want to make sure I touch on as well is the animation in this in this series. Um, can you tell me how the animation was? Um, how the post production is? Um, the quote unquote camera angles, the colors. How was the animation in this particular show? The animation was so bright. They definitely used a lot of colors. The animation was so bright. Definitely reminds you of Disney Junior, like Sophia the First, or maybe like Doc McStuffins. It reminds me of that a lot. Um, it, it the animation is so good that like some of our older viewers can be like, oh my god, th- this animation is so nostalgic. Like I really really like the animation. But they also kept it fresh and they also like reminded us like, hey, these are some new characters and here's some new colors and all that good stuff. And thank you so much for you um, giving examples of, of different types of animation um, that, that we would be familiar with because that just puts everything into perspective. So um, upon like um, um, wrapping up the interview, I have a couple of more questions. So um, one question I definitely have to ask is um, in, in terms of animated series, um, voice acting can make or break break it. So how are the voice actors in this film? And I know you talked with with practically most of the cast. So can you tell me how the voice actors were in this this show? Was it was it great? Um did it need work? How's your perspective on that? The voice acting was absolutely great. If I was a preschooler, I would even me as a 12-year-old, I definitely <laughs> stay engaged by the show but if I was a preschooler I would definitely stay engaged with the show they did a good job of pitching their voices they did a good job of making the show very inviting they made it like a very happy and upbeat show I really really like the voice acting I think the voice actors did an amazing job at really angling it towards preschoolers perfect and what did you rate this particular show I rate this show a five out of five. I definitely think it was perfect with giving us something fresh and new new in the Star Wars universe. They did a great job making it angle towards preschool. Um, They definitely did a great job with the colors. And they did a great job overall just keeping it a bright and something fresh in Star Wars. Cool. And who do you recommend this to? I recommend it for ages two through 10 and of course everyone up awesome and when and where can we see this show so this show released may the 4th and it's available on disney plus with episodes releasing weekly perfect i see what disney did there with 
may the fourth be with you that's so cool yeah. on star wars day that makes that's so cool well thank it was you so, so much <laughs> exactly yes thank you so much anadi well thank you for having me Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Now, let's take a listen to Hanadi's interview with some of the cast of Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. What made you want to get involved in Star Wars Young Jedi Young Jedi Adventures? Well, I got the audition from I got the audition from my agency and I read the script for Nash and I instantly connected with the character. She's so confident and funny and witty and I just fell in love with her immediately and I just really, really wanted to get this. How are you and your character alike or different? I think I'm super similar to Liz in like every way because she is such a creature lover and so am I. I love, I love all types of creatures. I have two dogs, a hamster and a fish and I would have more if my parents would let me. But she's so kind and caring and always wants to help out other people and creatures. And she's always quick-witted. And she's really agile and really acrobatic. And I'm a dancer, so I think I'm really similar to her in that way, too. And she's really observant. And I feel like sometimes I can be really observant in some ways, and sometimes I can be not super observant. So I think I'm really similar and a tiny bit different, but I'm really, really similar to her. Do you have a favorite episode or scene from the show without giving us any spoilers? Hmm, okay. One of my favorite, absolute most favorite Nash moments is when she meets Yoda and she says, who's the little green guy? I think that's just the funniest thing ever because everybody knows and loves Yoda, but she just doesn't. <laughs> like, what's your favorite part about the Star Wars universe? And if, if there is a favorite part that you could express to your character, how did you do that? Well, I love all the lightsaber battles, and I love all the battling and with the lightsabers, and Liz does that a little bit, but I, I don't know. It's just so cool to me when they do the battles, and I really like when it appears in Young Jedi Adventures as well. I kind of want to ask, how does your character stand out in the Star Wars universe? Nash, well... All the characters in the show stand out because this is the first time that Star Wars and Lucasfilm have created a series just for kids. So they're just 
all on their whole new level. And Nash is just the only kid pilot that we've ever seen in Star Wars. So that's so exciting. And it's such an honor to be able to voice that character. What was the most fun part about playing your character? Most part of my character because everything, first of all, it's just so cool to be part of a Star Wars film. And it's such a staple, like all the lightsabers and everything and Master Yoda. And I think it was just so cool that I'm actually voicing it now. I'm, I'm actually bringing a character to life that has all of that included in it. And I thought that was really cool. So how does your character maybe handle a difficult situation that you think that the audience can learn from? Nash is a very inspiring character, as are all of the Jedi kids. And one thing that she's super good at is being a team member. She has her co-pilot, RJ-83, her little droid, and together they fix all the droids and they are very good engineers and they work together so well. And I think that's a very important aspect of her character and just personality in general is how good she is, how she connects with people and helps them out. And I think that's very admirable. So in what ways has it maybe affected you? It's affected me because so many people in my life are huge fans of Star Wars. And before I got the audition and before I booked this, I I obviously knew about it because everybody knows about Star Wars, but I wasn't really into the movies. Like I never actually really watched them. But after I got the audition, I did, um, I looked at some shorts on YouTube and some trailers and stuff, so I, I got the basic gist of it. But after I booked it, just coincidentally, I'm in a elective in my school called Film Criticism and we watch movies. So after I booked that, we watched all the Star Wars movies and Film Criticism just as a coincidence and I really liked them. So it was just so cool to actually be in one. And I know I couldn't tell anybody about it, but when it, I actually got when it actually got released, I told all my friends and they were all really happy and I was really happy too. Did you watch any of the Star Wars or rewatch any of the Star Wars films or TV shows or movies? Well, I always knew what Star Wars was, but it was only after I got this role that I decided to watch all of the movies and super get into it. So that's kind of how I prepared, just um, entering myself and just um, immersing myself into the Star Wars universe by watching all of the movies. I think that kind of helped me get the general vibe and gist of what Star Wars was, which was super fun to do. What message do you hope people will take away from watching Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures? The biggest part of Young Jedi Adventures to me is teamwork, and we all make such a great team together because we all have our differences, but all of them together is what makes us a great team. All the Jedi and even Nash, too, we all bring our differences to the table, and that's what makes us get all of our adventures and succeed at them. And I also think people take away that it's okay to ask for help and that your friends will always be there for you to help you because some of the characters have to learn in the show that it's okay to ask for help and that's what friends are here for. I absolutely love that answer. Thank you guys so much for talking with me. Star Wars Young Jedi Adventure releases May 4th, 2023 with new episodes releasing weekly. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You guys. So much. Nice seeing you again, Emma. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too. Nice to meet you. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the newest films, DVDs, 
TV shows, music, and apps. And to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde, from Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Hanadi, reporting for Kids First. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jamal Avery Jr. and Trey Diaz-Murphy about Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. Jamal Avery Jr. is an actor and writer known for his work on shows including Marvel Spider-Man and Dragon Ball Super. Trey Diaz-Murphy is an actor known for shows including Orange is the New Black and Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Mr. Avery Jr. and Mr. Murphy are here to discuss their roles as Kai Brightstar and Tabor in the new animated series Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. I have a couple of questions for you guys, um, mainly about the show. So my first question is for Mr. Trey. Um, what drew you to wanting to be involved in the show? When I heard I got the role, I was just in the car chilling with my cousin and I got the call and they were, my agents were like, you want to be a part of Star Wars? And I was just over the moon, ecstatic. Me and my dad have been fans of Star Wars forever. Um, I had read the script during the callbacks and auditions, and I thought pretty highly of the script, thought my character was very complex and interesting. And I mean, it's Star Wars. So that really made me want to take the role. So overall, it was everything that was just like, obviously, yes. Yes, let's do it. 100%. I'll drop everything right now. Let's do it. (laughs) I love that answer. So my next question is for Mr. Jamal. What was your initial reaction when you heard that you were getting cast? When I heard I was getting cast, I went crazy. (laughs) Um, I asked my mom, like, can we read this one more time? Because they sent it as an email and then they called us the next day. It's like they kept saying it over and over again. I'm like, what is happening? And I just like, I was so happy because like Trey, after every callback stuff, I could, I would just keep reading it. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to book this. I got to book this. I'm auditioning it for so long. It was just super fun. I mean, I can only imagine getting classed for something like Star Wars. Yeah. My next question is for Mr. Trey. So can you describe what it was like getting into your character? It's, it's an interesting process in the mind of Tabor. Um, before... Uh, voice recordings. I like to look through the script maybe one, once or twice. I don't like to overanalyze it because then I feel it feels staged and not authentic. Um, but I mean, when you're in there, you just have to listen to a few takes maybe and just get the mindset that I'm here. I'm the antagonist. I need to mess up these Jedi's day. And then <laughs> it just all falls into place. Wow. So my next question is for Mr. Jamal. So can you share your experience working with the rest of the cast and crew? My experience working with the rest of the cast and crew is a very funny one. Um, We like to joke around every once in a while. And um, it's just really fun and stuff to just, I don't, it's just fun to be there in general. Yeah. So 
Um, do you have a favorite scene or episode? Uh, I'm not gonna say any ones in the in the future that will be coming out, but of the ones right now, for me it would have to be I forget what it's called, but it's episode three and episode five of the first seven that have come out. For me, those are just both parts of it. I they're at least my personal favorite. So are you alike or are you different from your character? I think it's weirdly possible that I am literally my character's a mirror of me. <laughs> to an extent, to some extent, I would not go up to an alien and start trying to pick a fight, but <laughs> um, but um my character's literally just like a mirror of me, my personality, how I act sometimes, how I play around my friends, just as a superhero, which I think is really cool. Because when I first I came in, I was gonna think like, yo, I'm gonna do it like a superhero, and I'm gonna be all cool and stuff. And my mom was like, just be you. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> and then I I <laughs> was it difficult playing your character? Yes and no. Uh, Tabor is very complex, as you'll see in later episodes that may come out, or not may come out, but will come out. Um, he's very interesting. I sort of had to make a backstory for him in my head and just find that space of who really Tabor is under the mask. Like, who is Tabor? Who is he? Um, he's semi-difficult, but I mean, he's, he's really fun to play, and I enjoy playing him a lot. What do you hope viewers will take away from watching the show? I hope viewers who are watching the show will take away just how to work with others and the deep need of friends and friendship and how just it's just the whole show in general. <laughs> but I think it's just like working together and learning that you don't always have to do stuff on your own. I absolutely love that message. Thank you guys so much for talking with me. That wraps up all my questions. Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures Episode 1 releases May 4th, 2023, with episodes releasing weekly. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the newest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and KidsVille News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde, from Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week. <laughs>